Free Bros episode number six. Uh, we talk about and reflect on a film suggested to us by Matt Knotts of the Beer Review Journal. That film is A Face in the Crowd, 1957 film with Andy Griffith, directed by Isla Kazan. We also talk about an article written by Jake Tapper on The Atlantic. It was a pretty fun talk talking about grifters, whether or not the film went far enough, and really exploring whether or not we would make decent choices in Ultimate Power. Reach out to us on Twitter at 3 Pod. Let us know what you think of the episode, and if you have any suggestions for future episodes or any sort of bullshit you want us to talk about, we are always looking for some feedback. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you enjoy. Hey, this is Three Bros Podcast. Welcome back. Um, so this week we're going to talk about A Face in the Crowd, uh, which is a film uh, filmed in 1957, an American drama starring Andy Griffith, uh, Patricia Neal, and Walter Maddow. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Directed by Ela Kazan. Um, it was a fascinating movie, at least for me, and it was suggested to us by uh, Matt Knotts. If you don't know who Matt Knotts is, he's over at the Anomaly uh, and at the uh, Beer Drinker podcast. I screwed that up. I will correct it here shortly. But he, in our conversation on Caleb versus Self, had recommended that to us because he has heard a lot of our Three Bows uh, material, uh, or at least the stuff that we talked about, and felt that this was relevant for us to talk about. So, um. The plot essentially is in 1950s America, a radio journalist, Marsha, encounters a drunken drifter, Larry Rhodes. Uh, they start doing essentially a radio program. He shits on pretty much everybody and makes his way to being a super popular person and getting to the point of height and power that probably no one really imagined that he would get to. Um, and then it all falls apart. So obviously that's similar to what we're facing right now in 2021 with Trump, but the one thing that I'm going to start with is that while watching that movie, the first thing I thought of was, were the Koch brothers immediately influenced? Like, did they watch this movie and say, we could do that and we could do it better? Really? That was like my first immediate thought. I don't know why that popped in, right. but Cyril, what do you think? My first immediate thought was, and this is literally what I wrote down. Oh, you want me to say what I, you want me to comment on that? Cause that's an interesting, I don't know why. What I gotta ask you now? What I just what made you th- do you think Co- the Koch brothers are grifters in the way that Lonesome is? Or so for me, no, no. Sure. I thought of the Koch brothers as the general. Oh, absolutely. His, oh, now his I influence and how he <laughs> leveraged his power, right? From yeah. the, what was it? What was the vitamin that he was like selling? Vitajax. I forgot. Vitajax. 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 Yeah. So the general is peddling Vitajax and he's making a ton of money. And it seems like he realizes, well, with this type of influence, I can marry this media personality with politics and hopefully influence to right push my brands and my companies Senator and everything Fuller. I'm working for. Yeah, I'm I'm working to push that forward. And it felt yeah. so Coke Brothers to me. That actually is a great I didn't even think of that. Dang. Um yeah, my first response to that is that's a great point. Um, that's exactly. What did you think? Then? What was your first note? My first, yeah. Let me read you what my. Fr- I literally wrote down. This is like the OG Grifter movie. Amazing. That's the first thing that I wrote down, and I really wish I knew at what point I wrote that down. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it, it might have been one. Of, it might have just been one of those. You know what? I know exactly. It, it was the scene where he he moves to Memphis, right? 
and he gets his first big sponsor. They, they started getting small sponsors in Arkansas and they started making money, whatever. That wasn't a big part of that, that movie at that time. But when he went to Memphis and he got his first big sponsor, he never read the ad. He never did anything. He just did whatever he wanted. And people were like burning mattresses. Right. Yeah, the so mattress people, and, and it's the contrast. I wrote this down because the contrast of the people rioting and burning mattresses in the street and then cutting to his lawyer saying, our sales are up 55%. I immediately wrote down, this is like the OG grifter movie because there's a lot of times that I associate being a grifter with being someone who's a bomb thrower. And how do I say this without being critical? Cause I, I don't like necessarily just being critical of people in general or a certain sect of people, but I guess it's not that hard to be critical of grifters. Grifters will do that, right? They'll, they'll, if you guys ever watched, um, just a real quick side note, if you guys ever watched, watched the Netflix documentary on Roger Stone, I can't remember what his exact quote was in that movie, but he says something along the lines of always be relevant, whether it's negative or positive, nobody cares, always be relevant. And the mattress in that movie, to my eyes, the mattress company is staying relevant, even though there's riots in the street and people are burning their mattresses, they're making money. Why? Because they're staying relevant and in the conversation. And even though what you're seeing out front might not necessarily jive with higher sales, what's going on behind the scenes is higher sales. So I immediately just wrote down like, this is a a a window into the type of modern grifter that will just do things and people like me, you and Chad might listen and hear it and say, how is that popular? What are you doing? Why are you saying that? But behind the scenes, there's a lot of people that lap it up, enough people. And so, I don't know, that was my first takeaway. It was just amazing. Like the relevance to today and being able to, because I stay too plugged in, you guys know that, which I'm thankful that my brain doesn't get too toxic. Maybe it does, but I stay too plugged <laughs> in. So I, I was able to make that that connection right there and then like, dude, like, you can be a negative bomb thrower. You can be someone that I read and I watch and I listen to, which a lot of people are like this. I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. I don't get it. But behind the scenes, just because I don't get it, like you might be drumming up interest, right? And like, that's the first connection I made. Um, that was crazy. Chad, how about you? What was your first like reaction to the to the film? Yeah, I mean... Definitely parallels with Donald Trump. It's it's hard to escape that. There are there are differences in some key ways, um, and I don't want to like fast forward too much through uh, what the movie consists of. But at one point, he's sort of queuing out his show, and he's supposed to be muted and just sort of talking with the staff. And um, I don't know what her name is. Marsha, I think it is. She yeah, unmutes yep. him and, and uh, some of the stuff he's saying comes through where he's calling his supporters like stupid. And they'll they'll if I call dog food steak, they'll buy it. And and they kind of turn on him, whereas uh, Donald Trump could not be more clear. Um, I mean, there are several key moments I could probably pull up where he clearly has contempt for the people that support him. Yep. Um, and they don't turn on him. Like, for God's sake, there was a woman who was shot in the throat and died storming the Capitol on his behalf. She was wearing a Trump flag as a cape and died literally on a Trump flag for that man. And he has not mentioned her name once or anybody that was supporting him that died. 
he doesn't talk about these people because he doesn't care about these people. Yeah. Uh, but they still support him. But I, I, in other, in, in obviously bigger ways, there are direct parallels to Trump and, uh, it's weird, man. It's, it's, it's Trump is well-documented. Just this like, um, excoriating evangelicals behind the scenes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to jump in right here. And oh yeah. Go back ahead. On you guys, because I disagree. I don't think that Trump, his true feelings have come out in the same way in the film that it does for lonesome. I, I genuinely believe that if Trump started talking, how he genuinely felt on a hot mic like that, like truly genuinely felt about, and, and I believe this, I believe he thinks these people are backwoods, redneck morons that have no idea what the hell they're doing. And he doesn't give a shit about them. He has never actually said that type of language into a hot mic, the way that it's depicted in the film. And I, I believe that if that happened, not everybody would leave him to be fair, right? There are still people that would make excuses and whatnot, but there would be enough people that would be like, fuck this guy that he wouldn't have the bite that he has today right now. I, I mean, I, I would just, he's shut off worse things before. So I don't believe that for a second. I'm not going to lie. Like what? He hasn't specifically indirectly deranged people on a hot mic where there where where you can't dispute the fact that he called you a But even if he did, I don't believe that his supporters would leave. I mean during during his I campaign think, trail listen. in twenty fifteen he said I could go out on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody True. in plain sight yeah. right, and my right, supporters would still support me. But those people don't see that as a direct insult to them. Even then, man, and I don't know. I disagree. I think that if he directly insulted these people, that enough people would leave, if you will, that he wouldn't have the bite that he has today. Even in 2021, even today with the Capitol building being stormed, if he said something as direct as as the film depicted, I think enough people would have left. Now, the Capitol building may may still have been stormed, but not nearly as many people would support it or what occurred. What, What drives Lonesome? So power, power. Yeah. Is it, is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think it's power. Matter of fact, I, I wrote down this quote, Cyril. Okay, go ahead. The lead writer here says that's dangerous, and Marsha replies like, "What's dangerous?" And he says, "Power. You got to be a saint to stand, stand off, off the power. The power yeah. that yeah. little box can give you." And that, to me, right. damn. If that's not hitting a nail on the head. So, well, so hang on. Let me keep going, Chad. You guys, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like sure. I will agree with that. I think you guys are right power what drives donald trump ego correct so where i would actually two for two a little bit agree with caleb not all the way is trump maybe has never been caught on a hot mic necessarily because as long as you like trump he likes you even if you're backwoods even if you're backwoods and i and i do think that might be a difference between him and lonesome I also we also have to remember we're we're comparing a movie to real life, so a movie can be exaggerated, ridiculous, blah blah. blah. But mm. yeah, for 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 Lonesome's uh, character, no, is there some it, pushback? Go ahead. Yeah, a little bit. I would say real life is more ridiculous than the film. Go ahead. So you might not be wrong. I will that real life is the onion since Trump has taken office. Go ahead, Chad. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, also the key difference here is. Uh, you know, take a look at power or sorry, take a look at uh, a face in the crowd and you'll see that 
Um, the media is a very trusted institution. Whereas like you catch Trump on a hot mic and all of the, all of his supporters are already paying attention to media outlets that would paint that in a, in a way that it's not consequential. It's different. Um, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about Annie Griffith's character and the, the, the American society that he's in, uh, the media is very singular for the most part. Whereas like it's so fractured these days. Like it's, you could, it's the only reason they stormed the Capitol. You, the media, the alternative media that Trump has uh, access to uh, gives him the power to do whatever he wants, essentially, because they can just spin it in any particular direction. I actually wrote that. So before down. we get off on a side oh. tangent there, would you say that 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 has been damaged at this point with him being removed from Twitter and Snapchat and Facebook and YouTube and a number of other social media sites? What's been damaged? Yeah, what's been damaged? I was going to say his his ability to oh uh, have that type of media. influence in the media, sidestep the media. Yes, thank you. Yes, no, because oh, ah. go ahead, Cyril. Go ahead, go ahead. I would say for sure, yes. Um, he can hold a press conference at any moment, but he doesn't. The media's going to carry does, it, but he does. Right, but he could. Like he has those channels of opportunity. He's just he, he just does. won't. There. So here's yeah. what I would say, Chad. I'm I'm He'll on. Still do it. Yeah, but I'm on the same side as Cyril, and I'll tell you why. I feel like, ultimately, when you don't have that type of direct conversation, anything can be spun however they want. And what I will say more specifically is that if I broke down his supporters into thirds, you've got one third who are just diehard. That's just what they're all in, right? Mm -hmm. You've got another third that is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Sure. You've got another third. <laughs> You've got another third, in my opinion, that are Christian evangelicals. Like they support him ultimately because he's pushing the anti-abortion agenda. He's getting the judges in place to be able to challenge Roe v. Wade, like that type of stuff. And then the yeah. last third is just to me, like a lot of them are more just like contrarians. Like I just don't want to vote for fucking Hillary or biden or whoever else you could put in that place they're just kind of or old school conservatives yeah or old school conservatives sure sure and that last third to me is where you lose that influence when you're not on twitter or all the other social media platforms that's where you start where where that support erodes is right there with the contrarians because if they don't hear you they don't see you on twitter they don't really because they're not not everybody's watching cnn or fox news or the local news or whatever it is they're not they just aren't so you're going to lose that type of support because you're not in the forefront of their brain yeah i agree that's where you take that hit as far as donald trump i mean i mean perhaps there's also an argument you can make that by like quote-unquote silencing conservatives and conservative outlets you're giving more conviction to the people that follow those but how many of those people are you giving more conviction to? You're right. But how uh, many people are there? But again, like, it's like... um, This is also all anecdotal for of anyone. Of course it is. Oh, we're not experts. Good Lord. Go ahead, Jim. I'm, I'm always going to be on the side of good speech to combat bad speech, not censorship, because I just don't trust the people that would enact the censorship. But I, we are getting onto a, a side tangent here. I was going to say, I'm actually with you on so that. Let me... Interestingly enough. Go ahead, go. <laughs> Let me drive this back over. Let me read two quotes that I that stuck out other than the one that I just read, the, the that's dangerous power, you got to be a saint. There's two more that stuck out to me, and I'll, I'll read them to you. The first one is actually Lonesome says, he says, I'm not just an entertainer. I'm an influencer, a wielder of opinion, yep, a force. That. 
It's the 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 use of influencer there is very telling because <laughs> there is a whole there is a whole market these days of people we call social influencers, and honest to God, they make stupid amounts of money to just exist and guide opinion, and it's just. It's fuck. It's ludicrous, dude. Just like that scene where he's walking out to the general, and the general introduces him to the senator, and makes it pretty clear soon after that he wants him to, you know, guide people to thinking this stuffy conservative is a yeah whatever. Yeah, right. right. Just the term influencer in 1957 as it relates today is fucking crazy. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean. To be fair, this is human society forever. Social media has just made it like. Social media has democratized anybody to be an influencer, but but influencers we've always had. It's just people that sure. it's easier now. People follow. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 been democratized. Yes, you're right. But in 1957, in the way that Lonesome Roads is portrayed, I feel like, and I could be completely wrong, in that context, they were trying to be so overt about it. It wasn't as overt as it is today and not as it is depicted in that film. Like, like yes, there were influencers, you're right, but it wasn't so fucking out there, I don't think. And right. I could be wrong. I was born in 89, so... No, I you're right. I think you're, I think you're right. I think it's a direct consequence of democratizing the influencer market because now to become an influencer that rise, rise above everybody else, you have to have the hottest take, the edgiest take, and you have to play for your team. And it's just... Yes. It's interesting because... Um, uh, Hank and John Green are two people. They're uh, together. They're the Vlog Brothers. Um, they've been doing a thing on YouTube since like the beginning of YouTube, essentially. Well, maybe a little bit after that, but uh, no- nonetheless, they're they're people that I look at much like Sam Harris. Where like, okay, Green. for the most part, they're they're very sensible, middle of the road people. And um, there was a Vlog Brothers episode that was released recently. Essentially, he argues that the real world is following the trend of this like democratized, um, sense sense sensationalized centered type of media online because it's it's right now it's whoever can gather the biggest audience we give the biggest amount of power, and to have an audience online you have to be like I understand the argument of being principled, but if you actually want a following online. You kind of have to put principles by the wayside and you have to be an entertainer first. And I think that's the problem. Sure. So and that's not, like a face in the crowd is 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 the idea of like where chasing the audience is. And then you have Trump who who really embodies that in the 21st century because we've totally changed how audiences are formed. But can I just say really quickly to throw a wrench in that? Trump just lost an election to someone who is not that at all. Just saying. Yes, because we are starting to see a rejection of it, and I hope I we follow that path. Hope so, dog. <laughs> because I think I think I listen. Right. I hope so. the internet was the wild west, and again, like, and we don't have to have this conversation, but I I sort of grind at the idea of Trump being taken off Twitter. Um, I see its benefits for sure. Don't get me wrong, but I also. I, I, it's it's just weird to see the president of the United States be censored like that because it it is censorship in a way. What happens not- if they took him off the day after he wasn't president? Would you feel differently? Yes, I would. You yeah. really would. Yeah, because so he's not the president anymore. I think you may. I think there's there's a point you're making that's that's fair. I do. So there is 
And and we don't have to go in this direction, but I I was thinking about this while I was watching the film, and it goes back to that quote that Caleb first brought up. It was, you got to be a saint to stand off the power. And again, I'll bring up Jordan Peterson because like, I like a lot of the things that he says. I disagree with a hell of a lot more of the things that he says. But but um, one of the lectures I saw that that Jordan Peterson had was him talking about the Nazis and him talking about um, being aware of the capacity of the evil that you could do as an individual. And um, he was talking about how some of these prison guards and how some of these uh, Nazi youth members and these are people who are put in a circumstance where the power is pushing them in a certain direction and they just went with where the power was. And he, his point was essentially, if you can't see yourself as being somebody who has the capacity to be in a situation of a concentration camp guard, then you're just not honest with the capacity that you have for influence and you have for, for evil essentially. And it's like, it, and, and I genuinely try and think about this, like put yourself in the position of roads here. Um, lonesome roads. It's, it's, w- would we be any better at responding to having that influence and power? Yes. I don't know if I would be. I don't think I can I, tell you a hundred percent that I would be. It's tough because to say that in the position they are in currently. Look, man, look, there are moments early on that were maybe you're you're right, but there are there are moments later on where there's no way that you would take that I would I shouldn't I won't speak for you that I wouldn't take it that far. I think you're right on a small scale. I think you're wrong on a large scale. For me, for me, and and and, so and I understand where Jordan Peterson's coming from. There's no question that we have to be careful with our human egos, and they're tricky. And I don't yeah. give a damn if you're Gandhi. Like these things are tricky. But yeah. when when you get to a certain point, Chad, it's egregious. Yes. So stuff that road just, just in general, dog. Like take roads, take any like. It gets to be what point is there no point where you would actually wake up and say this is bullshit? Is there really no point? If, if you if you get to the end, that's ridiculous. If you found yourself surrounded or sorry, if you found yourself in a position of immense power and wealth and you were surrounded by people who wouldn't tell you no, you're telling me you would have the sense and well-being you're, to do the right thing. You're making that choice to prioritize all of these people around you over your internal monologue, your internal integrity. Yes. And I'm telling you right now that I trust myself to not do that to a certain extent. I think you're, again, I think there's some truth to what you're saying. I think there's some truth to what Jordan Peterson's saying. I do admit that. I just think that when you take it to a comical level, that's insane. That's insane. Okay, so I, and I think that, I, Chad, really quickly, there are some people in our day and age right now who do take that to an insane level, and they do need to reflect more on that. But that's not me. So I'm not going to sit here and hate myself for something I'm not even doing. That's insane. But, well, you're not doing it now. But if I were to grab you by the shoulders and I were to take you aside and I go, listen, you are now the complete control. You are now in complete control of the United States. Everybody's going to adore you. And no matter what you do, you can do no wrong. And you're telling me you don't make any immoral decisions. I mean, that's I'm just... not saying I don't make any immoral decisions. I'm telling you egregious. Did you hear the word egregious? And okay. obviously that's debatable, but sure. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, what are we talking about? Hitler level shit? Like, you you need no, to no, know. No, no, no. Okay. Hitler like like um, concentration camp guard type of shit. Let me interject myself right sure. there Go because ahead. I'm going to partially Spicy, speak. Eh? 
it is. <laughs> I'm going to partially speak for Cyril, although I can't completely speak for Cyril, but he's the only one in this conversation that can talk about what I'm about to talk about. When you And I saw that lecture with Jordan Peterson when he talks about, can you see yourself as the prison guard, whether it be in Auschwitz or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the fact of the matter is that I can. I went to Iraq. I served in Iraq. I've taken people into custody that I know for a fact if I did anything to them, I would have suffered zero repercussions. And, and Cyril knows what I'm talking about because the entire time that you were serving, at least in that time period, you it was drilled into your head that these people are not even people. They are terrorists. They are out to get you. They are out to fucking do everything they can to get rid of you in any way, shape, or form. And in a lot of ways, when you're subjected to that level and that type of uh, mentality and messaging and propaganda for an extended period of time, and you finally get there and you first see that 14-year-old kid that, quite frankly, doesn't know shit about you and could give two fucks about you in a lot of ways, yet I sit there with a seething hatred for this 14-year-old or 15-year-old or whoever it is that's in front of me when I'm pulling guard because we're having a conversation with a village chief about X, Y, and Z, about water and blah, 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 blah. But for whatever reason, I've never met these people a day in my life and I hate them. And I could easily just pull the trigger, make up some bullshit about how they had a weapon and they were attacking me. Look, I'm, no, I know I'm being, Blackwater, man. That's all you got to say. I'm being completely real with you. So when no, Cyril sits here and says that he feels a certain level that he would be able to withstand that level of power, quite, quite literally be that saint. I'm telling you, I believe him for the most part because he's already been in that situation. And not only has he been in that situation, he's come out of it, realized and learned what that meant, what the situation was and the level of impact that he could or could not have had in any of those particular moments. I feel like I can believe him because I'm in that same boat. Let well, let me let me Chad really quickly. Let me not necessarily argue for Chad, but let me do what Chad. I don't even remember what you said. Something about Sam Harris and thinking about the other side. Power corrupts absolutely. What is the difference? Because I'm with Caleb, obviously. But what is the difference between what Caleb is saying and what you're saying, Chad, and what Jordan Peterson is saying? The difference is self-preservation. What that means is. If you're a if you're if you're in the arm in the German army and the Nazis come to power and you're still in the army and you get requested to go run a gas chamber, be a guard at a whatever camp, concentration camp. Jesus, how did I blank on that? Okay, whatever. The difference is what me summer and, camp. What 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 Caleb definitely went through a little bit more than me, but I still did a little bit. But what what me and him went through, and what being a soldier in the Nazi world is, is totally different. Like if you're, I don't want to say totally different, but like basically what I mean by self-preservation is like, if you're like being an, being, being an outspoken anti-Nazi in the Nazi regime is definitely worse than being an outspoken whatever in today's, today's world. So I think a little bit to Chad's point is, and to Jordan Peterson's point is self-preservation. What would you do? If someone told you you had to be a jackass, to put it mildly, murdering Jews is much more than jackass, but whatever. Let's just generalize it. And what would you do when you're being told you have to be a jackass or I'm going to literally jail you, end your opportunity in life, kill you? Like the the question is self-preservation. 
and 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 I do get that. Yeah. Sure. I I was more, you know, making that as an example of just how power can suggest you to do things you you wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah, as long as your self preservation is good, it, you're gonna you're gonna stand up to it too. If you don't have to self preserve, mm, you can still grab opportunity. If you can still live a life, raise a family, which is what most human beings at the end of the do, at the end of the day would like to do, then you can stand up to the garbage. You can. That's ridiculous. And if you don't, you're spineless scumbag. I'm sorry. Now, it's very, very Germany, easy to say that in the position that you're in. Is all I'm saying. I, 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 there's a saying that absolute power corrupts absolute, and I believe that to be true. Regardless, no, because of if, but, but here's, but, but respond to this, Chad. If it's not about self-preservation, then why would you not turn your back on trash? If you can turn your back on something and still live a life with opportunity enough to get you by, then why would you go along with the garbage? Take it away. No, I'm telling you, if you had, if you're in a position where you had absolute power, but then that's a third power you, that I just don't have. So that's where well, you yeah, and I. I'm not understand. saying you have absolute power, <laughs> but, no, 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 but you're challenging on, every person with that scenario, Chad. What if someone isn't? Yeah. Thirsty? Not everybody's thirsty for power like that, and I can tell you that I'm not, and you can tell me, oh, you don't know, and you're not wrong when you say that, but I'm telling you, that's how, like. Mm -hmm. Right, but, but also at the same time, if you're not thirsty for that power, you're never going to get the power anyway, so you'll never have to worry about it. Totally agree. What I'm saying specifically is that for me, and I guess maybe I have to kind of withdraw Cyril a little bit from this, I was in literally that same situation as far as the prison guard. Granted, I wasn't gassing people to death, but right. the point is, is that situationally, I could make those same choices without repercussion for the most part. I mean, how many people honestly have been jailed or, or prosecuted for war crimes in Iraq or Afghanistan? Not as many as probably occurred. Let's I'm be honest. Right. I, listen, I get what you're saying, but you don't have, like, for me, when I say absolute power, I mean, you're absolutely in control. Like you, you weren't. When I'm standing there, level of power. Chip. I'm saying you could have gunned down every single person in that room, hard. including the people that were quote unquote. Yo, part of are you your... listening to Caleb? Huh? Caleb was telling Go you ahead, there Chad. are people who could have done that and they didn't, including his fellow uh, uh, army members. My yes. fellow army members, yes, dog. Yes, you're telling me you could have. Okay. Well, okay, but it's not I'm comparable to what I'm saying. I'm saying literally no, no, no. in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hold on. My point in stating all of that was yeah. not to compare necessarily, but was to offer some insight as to why somebody like Cyril or somebody like myself would be able to say, hey, listen, if somehow magically, because I'm not searching for that level of power, but if somehow magically I was in that level of power, I don't think I would be able to withstand it forever. But I think that I would last longer than most human beings because not only have I been in a situation or many, many, many situations over the course of two deployments where that was true, but I've been able to come back. I've been able to do reading. I've been able to listen to people like Jordan Peterson and understand the concepts and the whys and the hows so that if I were in that situation again in the future, I would probably be able to make the appropriate decision. That's all I'm trying to say, Chad, is trying to give a little more context to sure. somebody like Cyril making that type of statement. Well, that's fine. I just I just don't believe you guys. I don't that's believe fair. anybody that would have. say that if Chad, they had uh, absolute power, that Chad, they would be moral. Does that that's, mean, Chad, does that mean people are inherently bad? Does that mean there's no morals that come from within? We just no, I would say that absolute power is inherently bad. 
It corrupts. It doesn't. It, does it I mean, there's corrupt? literally the saying that absolute power corrupts corrupt? every single time. I would I mean, ask you to take a look at any sort of uh, monarch type history throughout any part of the world. When you're born monarch? with that, when you're most, I would say most. And to think that you're an exception to that rule, I think is a little is a little bit of a high horse. But so let me oh, offer one. That's not my biggest had, point. Well, here, here's the thing, Chad. You're not wrong when monarchs die. But you're wrong when monarchs thrive. So there definitely have been Hold monarchs on. in history who have had a good moral compass. Maybe do they get outnumbered by the trash? That's fine. Maybe does power corrupt absolutely over time? That's fine. Of course, dog. But but to say that almost, if not every single one who's ever had that power is trash is 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 ridiculous. No, I'm just saying most. I'm just saying most. Hold on. Hold on. You're also neglecting know, the fact that when yeah. you have absolute power... You have plenty of people that will take care of the garbage for you, right? So right. when you talk about true absolute power, Chad, what I would suggest is that when you have absolute power, there will be a natural hierarchy of people. And typically speaking, a lot of that shitty decision making doesn't even have to reach that high because as an absolute ruler, if I am that absolute ruler, I could even make a not even a conscious remark right a subconscious remark that other people will act upon and i will never have to even see it so yes absolute power corrupts absolutely for sure sure i think cyril what you're saying is that there are people that have had certainly a good heart or moral compass but even those people even if they like subconsciously mention something other people will act upon that so to make that point yes you're correct chad what I'm saying is that in the context yeah, of the movie that we are talking about, which is not absolute power, but is a good range of power, I believe, and I can't speak for Cyril or you, I can only speak for myself, sure. I believe that for the most part, I would make moral decisions because I have already been in those situations, and not just like even yeah. consciously. Like I, I had no idea I was in those situations, but I came home. I listened, I read, I listened to people like Jordan Peterson make that point, and I made that connection and said, oh shit, I was there. I get how you could fall into that trap because For sure. it's very easy to do that. So right. I'm not trying to argue that if I had absolute power, I would be perfect. Far from it. What I'm saying is in the context of this film, I feel because of my experiences and because of my reflection of those experiences... I would make better decisions than most yeah. people. And I agree. I, I, I think it's important to, to to say that, to say, no, Chad is right when, when like, I'm not claiming I'd be perfect. That's ridiculous. No, 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 absolutely not. I'm just, first of all, before I continue on, it's a movie, right? It's an it's exaggerative movie. Um, I'm not saying people aren't like that today, but this is from the 50s and it was a movie. We got to keep that, keep that in perspective. Um, it, but that being said, like, I feel like this goes back to, we've had this discussion before. This goes back to where do morals come from, right? Like do morals just come from propaganda that you just feed into your brain? Like that's maybe for some people or maybe not morals, but like what you do, what you think, how you think, does that just always come from just propagandists like a, a lonesome roads? Like it maybe for some people, but not for me, dog. And I guess I do take offense to the idea that I would, I would, especially when we're talking about lonesome roads, he's not in a self-preservation situation. He's in a total, I'm taking advantage of it because I'm an asshole situation. And 
you know, even before we got on this podcast, we did a little pre-prod on like what we'd like to do in life and what we're, our vision is for things. I don't think any one of our visions is, oh, once I catch a little bit of like any one of us could go be a right right wing Trump grifter and get 20,000 Twitter followers overnight. You guys know that, right? None of us would do that. So there you go. Chad, last word on this one. Yeah, um, you're both wrong. Um, that is my last word. Thank you, Chad. So let me move on to. <laughs> you had to be a little bit more uh, fair. No, right. no, no. I, I, I mean, it just seems to me that you guys. I don't know. I think Jordan makes a good point when he says that if you're put in that same position, to think that you were, you would do the actual moral thing is to be a little bit naive. But I will respectfully maybe say. Maybe I will respectfully say to you, Chad. You should listen more to what Caleb's actual life experiences are. And I respectfully say that. Well, I was going to say, because Caleb did mention, and I, you know, to give a little bit of pushback here, the fact that you didn't know how you didn't know that you had that power in the moment makes it objectively different. But that's not yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. But what I'm saying is that ultimately, when I come back home and I reflect on those experiences and I have now a better level of knowledge than I did then to really be able to dissect what my mental state was, what I did, what I said, how it occurred and compare that to what Jordan Peterson is saying. Now that I think I have that knowledge, I would be better equipped to be able to identify those situations and to make, and I don't want to say I made bad choices. Like I didn't do anything to anybody. Neither did anybody that I served with. But what I'm saying is that in that moment, you absolutely could have. And now that I go back and I reflect upon that, I, I think I have a better idea at least of those situations and how to potentially react to those situations. Before we move on, Kale, with all due respect, if I can ask Chad one more thing, does that mean, Chad, that you worry if you were in that situation that you wouldn't be able to handle yourself? Do you think that about yourself? Yes, and I think okay. I think that's probably true for most people. And and I would say and if I, I were to I, ask if I were to I ask both of you with that, I can only tell you what's for me by the way. Okay. But I don't even disagree with what you're saying. Go ahead. Right. But from a position where you don't have that power, which obviously like objectively I, I, you can't know what you would do. And if I were to say to both of you, that, like what's okay, it about? right now, what's it about? It's about self-preservation. No, it's um, not. It's yeah. not. It's not. Why is it not? So, so Rhodes is not in a self-preservation situation. He could easily have gone to Florida. You remember the early scene in the movie where he's like, I could go to Florida and catch some fish. Okay. Yes. He still exist. Why mm -hmm. is self-preservation not a part of this, Chad? Why is it that you don't consider that Rhodes with is... With the Nazis it is, sure. With the yes, Nazis exactly. It is. Exactly. But I'm, I, if I were to say to both of you right now, okay, take you at this current moment, no matter what you do from this moment forward, people will love you and they will never blame you, no matter what you do. And you're telling me, well, I'm going to act completely moral. I think no, you're lying. No, we, we, we never said we'd act completely lying. moral. You're putting words in our mouth. We never said we'd act completely moral. That's ridiculous. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But what there I would go. tell you is, but 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 what I would tell you is that there's levels to this, Chad. You're making it black and white. You're making it. I'm black not saying and white. you would commit genocide. I'm just saying you and would you probably, to. to some extent, abuse that power. That's just the nature of human beings. I I, okay, I think it's healthy and, and to be honest about you know, that. If, if, and to I, be to be aware of that means that if you ever are in that position, at least you're aware and, that and that, look, that potential think, for corruption is there, and you you should that, means, that, that means I think there's a lot of agreement here because I think me and Caleb would admit that yes, we would abuse that power, and you would admit that. But but again, there's levels to this, Chad. But but yes, yes I think, there are. I think that I think that we actually all agree here. I just think that 
in my opinion, you're making this very black and white with where you're coming from, where, when there's levels to this, like you're not as bad as Hitler. If you're lonesome roads, right? There's levels to this. (laughs) It's, I mean, I think that we're not going to come to a conclusion, (laughs) but I do appreciate the dialogue, Chad. Let me move on to another quote that I thought was my last quote. That was extremely poignant. I felt like, and it does apply. Oh, what the fuck? I don't remember that from the movie. No, what's the timestamp like, on that? <laughs> Go ahead. I just said that three times, so chill, boys. <laughs> this doesn't just apply to Donald Trump, but I feel like it applies to a lot of people, both on the left and the right, and the up and the down, and in, in no matter what situation they're in. And that is the writer saying, I'll say one thing for him. He's got the courage of his ignorance. That line right there spoke to me on a level farther than just politicians and, and and whatnot but but to me it was very much society like when you talk about flat earthers you talk about conspiracy theorists you talk about i mean of course you can talk about donald trump but how is it that we've gotten to a point in this society where the level of ignorance when it comes to knowledge and basic information has gotten to such a degree where we're at things like people believing the earth is flat for fuck's sake 3,000 or 5,000 or however many years ago somebody put a stick in the ground at one point on the planet walked you know a thousand miles in the other direction put a stick in the ground at the same time and said hey these shadows are not the same length the earth must be round the church was killing you if you said it was flat I that's not happening today. No, of course not. <laughs> right. so how are we here today? So, yeah, there's not that many of them. But go ahead, Chad. That's not a good Chad, answer. Because there are there are more there are more than should ever be allowed in a modern right. society. All right, that's true. I can't disagree with that. The but problem, Caleb, I would but... say, is not ignorance. It is a distrust of media, and it's it's. And it's not, it's, it's bigger than that. It's a distrust yeah. just in the right. general yeah, institutions of society. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yep. Um, is, it, is it distrust, Chad? Or is it, and I feel like I see this more than just distrust. It's this idea that if I could find something that everyone else doesn't know, right. I can be smarter than, or I can be a part of a group that I'm not today. I feel like that's m- even more impactful than this non-trustworthiness. I, if I may, since JFK... Right with conspiracy theories, for the first three decades, four decades, that is what it was about. It was me not trusting the government or me not trusting the authority. I feel like in the last decade or two, it's more about me being a part of something or me being smarter than all these other sheeple, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah, That's I mean, I- it's a mix. It's a mix. It's a mix of a distrust of institutions and a mix of like an increasingly secular society where people feel their value is sort of diminishing. Um, and to be part of like a secret, because again, like when you look at most conspiracy theorists, it always ties back into religion somehow. I mean, when you look at QAnon, which is the, the hottest one at the moment, it's like aggressively tied in with the Bible and Christianity. And, and it's uh, it is tied into it, but it's very aggressively tied to just opposition. Chad. I, and, and I think I they, you were going to say mm-hmm. the anti-Semitism of a lot of these, like all these conspiracy yeah. theories back to. Uh, Jews own the banks and they own the world and they pull the strings and the, you know that's where I, I thought you were it's oppositionism and I think religion is a good thing to play into that sure absolutely and it bubbles to the surface for the most part Chad's not wrong about that I just think it's oppositionism that's all 
Oppositionism to what though? Like, why is there an opposition? Okay, so a lot of people see. Are are there oppositionists to the theory of gravity? Like, why not? Yeah, they're a hard dog. Strange. What isn't it like the electromagnetic crowd as opposed to gravity, bro? That's people get weird, dog. People get real weird. Tell me, I but my my point. I don't even know the group that you're talking about. But but my point is there. What? Why is there a specific opposition to the things that are being opposed to? There's a reason for they that. Create an Plenty of things that aren't being opposed. Well, they just create an enemy and they feel comfortable being in a group. Yeah. Yeah, but. Okay. So, so that's what I'm saying. So religion is the easiest way to do it. So that's why it happens a lot, if not maybe all the time. Okay. But, but, but at the end of the day, it's oppositionism, right? It's the idea that like, and this is incorrect. It's the idea that a lot of these people think Democrats are anti-religious, which is not true. Most Democrats in power right now literally talk about their religion and how they have faith. How many, how many people castigated, oh, I guess they castigated Obama for being Muslim, which is also religion, but, but it's too easy to say like, oh, Democrats are anti-religious and, but it's not true. Right. Right. Nope, that was just me pushing back on what you said. You can keep going, dog. <laughs> oh, I thought, okay. I thought there was more to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it is part of feeling part of a insider group where you have a special place. I mean, right. I think in an increasingly secular society, it's it's harder to feel unique. Um, and maybe that's I don't know. That's, I feel like in an increasing it's it's harder to feel unique as an individual. It's harder to feel like you belong to a team, and I think that's what humans long for. Maybe it's maybe it's harder to feel like you belong to a greater purpose. Sure, exactly, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I I blame, and I've I've been thinking about this recently, but I blame the phenomenon of, of Trump on the fact that boomers are now getting into increasingly senile age and they're they're having a bit of a late stage existential crisis and they don't know how to respond to that and they they feel a lot of dread about the world around them and how things are changing um a lot of them are like the world should have ended 20 years ago what's going on oh my god there's a there's another um, quote that comes from this movie though a couple of quotes i want to mention sure. in particular that i think are directly in relation to trump which one is um somebody called him a demagogue in dem in denim which i thought was i do remember that <laughs> incredibly apt because the group that uh lonesome appeals to in the movie feels eerily similar to the group that trump probably also identifies with absolutely um but another one was politics sorry uh i wrote down politics as marketing but that's not a quote from the movie that's just something that popped up in my head but one of them was uh politics has entered a new stage a television stage instead of a long-winded public debate people want capsule slogans like time for a change and uh the mess in washington or there's more bang for your buck right like these short punchy lines Mm -hmm. and it's interesting it it almost seems like this movie is like denigrating that middle america type voter like oh these people are too dumb and they're too easily led astray by some populist demagogue um but does that ring true especially after considering trump got elected i don't know 
I think I would go back to what you were saying about politics is marketing. I mean, I've told you guys this before, but I worked with a guy at one point uh, by the name of Nick, and he got his degree in some kind of psychology. I can't remember specifically what it was, but he was telling me about how all of his uh, you know, classmates who got a similar degree to him in psychology and psychology and marketing and all these things, they weren't getting jobs at ad agencies. They were getting jobs on the political trail. They were getting jobs making commercials for people. And when you put in the science and the study of marketing, right, from a psychological perspective, and you're using that power to enforce a message, if you will, whether it be right or wrong, that's some crazy shit. Let me say that is crazy. Consider and, and push back or agree if you want. It is human nature to be susceptible. So, so power is marketing. It's always been. It's human nature to, to, to be susceptible to marketing, right? To propaganda, we've called it in the modern times. And in, here in the modern times of mass communication internet, it's just easier to take advantage of people. Maybe 200, 500,000 years ago, it's less easy because you can't propaganda. That's not a term. Fuck. Oh, well. You can't <laughs> propaganda. In the same way, in the same power like Twi- Trump's Twitter account now. So how do you guys feel about that? How do you guys feel about the fact that humans haven't changed? Come on now. Evolution is what it is. It takes a long time. It's just toys that we have, 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 and this is what worries me about the future a little bit, but that's a side note. The toys that we have allow people to take advantage of that more. I, I'm going to push first on you better tweet that i want that to be a tweet <laughs> no see, that's, that's too ironic humans are too influenced and you're gonna tweet that out to people you're trying to influence like dog <laughs> come on Keep going. no no but, but i just i thought that was funny and i want that in the tweet well i, I do want, <laughs> but if you guys so ironic that's an on comment tell me that i do want to think hear what you think of that no, I think I think you're right, right? When it comes down to technology, that's been the difference maker. I mean, you think about back in, I think of, um, what was it, Back to the Future 3? Is that when they went back to the Wild West? Tell yeah, me correct. Wrong. Yep, yep, that's correct. And I think at one point there's a scene where you have a, a literal like snake oil salesman. Maybe it's not snake oil, but he's selling some bullshit I right there. I do remember right? that, yep. So you think of those con men back in the Wild West. And mind you, that was only, what, 200 years ago, let's say? They're trying to scalp people from town to town to town. Now, think about how much money they made scalping people on some bullshit product, right? Now, let's think about somebody like, I don't know, Jim Baker selling some five gallon or 20 gallon buckets of fucking chili for your goddamn underground bunker. (laughs) We got him. How much money do you think he made off of that fucking 20 gallon tub of chili as opposed to? Guy who was selling snake snake oil Hang back on. in the wild. Hold up, are you telling me the thousand dollars I donated to Jim Baker's church to get my six month supplies was a bad investment? Is that what you're telling me? Well, first of all, the fact that you it's defined it as donation is an issue. Oh, real quick though, real quick, just a real quick aside. Because if you do watch his show, they say this is a gift if you donate a certain amount. And it's their way of getting around it being an actual product, which is bullshit. But that's never the mind. 
I don't think that you have to pay sales tax, I believe. Right. That. And it's a donation, so it's like right. it goes to the church. And then it's not weird. a transaction. I'm not trading a, a, right. a money for a good. It's a no, gift no, no. It's for the money you're giving us. No, you're not buying it, but you do have to meet a certain threshold of money to get this gift. Like, go fuck oh yourself. God, I'm going to write that in my will for my daughter. Like, this, <laughs> because you donated the last 20 years of your life taking care of me, this is a gift in return. Therefore, you do not have to pay taxes on my your inheritance. Let me let me do this too, and maybe this will be the last part of this podcast. But along with the lines of what I just said, oh, it's human nature, blah blah blah. There are things that allow us allow people to take advantage of that more. In the last, let's just say in modern times, um, or let's just say in the last fifty years, there have been people who have taken advantage of this and gotten into power, and then there have been cycles where people take advantage of that and get in power, and then people are respectable and have maybe more integrity and then they win power. And so I guess my point here is coming from a Donald Trump who clearly has taken advantage of marketing and propaganda and doesn't stand on policy and principle. And, and, and I got to say this, you guys know, I don't like Biden. I still don't. I'm ready to criticize him January 21st. Anyways, coming from a Trump administration that you leaned more into that let's call it and one going to a biden that didn't and has now won but knowing that that cycle has taken place many times in the last even 50 years in especially american politics what do you guys think the future looks like do you think we can get out of this cycle do you think we can save ourselves or do you think we're just destined for garbage and doom i had a lot more cynicism considering this because you have people like Matt Gates in the House of Representatives who literally got elected because they emulated a Donald Trump style of politics. But here's the problem. And I've seen this on the left, too, when you get these little like breakaway groups of like uh, hyper dogmatic people where there's like an in-group and, and there's a type of dialogue they all use. They usually eat themselves alive. And the only redeeming part of our two party system is that Trump is throwing a grenade in the Republican Party right now, and they either need to shun Trump and still win future elections, or they will never win another election again because they will absolutely fracture. These types of movements tend to self-destruct when they're so reliant on dogma and the in-group because people eventually turn on each other. So I'm... I'm a little optimistic, right? So we've had Trump E ish people before. Mm -hmm. And then we've returned to the opposite. Trump is probably the most exaggerated version. So where Mm -hmm. I want to push back here is, and and I'll, and I'll bring up a specific point. I hear what you're saying, Chad. If, if Trump is such a strong person that he rips the Republican party in half, which is very possible, which is what I think you're getting at. And that's fair happening. That's, that's fair. If that's the case, you're correct. But what if, what if you're wrong? What if Trump is just another blip, just a stronger blip than ever, and people on the right still want to vote for people on the right and don't want to rip away to Trump? And we can. They will, but we'll but see. you lose suburbia, you lose the independence, you lose people who realize because like the attack on the Capitol was just the final culmination of the brand of politics Trump engages in. And it's clearly toxic and we don't make any progress whatsoever. 
So sensible-minded people will always see that and go, yo, I hate Biden, but God bless, what is that monster that we've created over there? I'm not going to vote for that. Now I So, will, like, the yeah. Trump brand will... The Trump brand will persist. I think it'll persist for the next four years, and they're going to lose in 2024 because of it. And at some point, Republicans who are so butthurt, who are super pro-Trump, once they realize that like Democrats are winning every single election as a result of the brand of politics they're pursuing, they're going to come back because they realize that their values are taking a hit in America because Correct. they've picked the wrong hill to die on, a really toxic, destructive hill to die on. But to your point, so shout out oh, to John Katko, who is my technically my House of Representatives representatives <clears throat> or representative. He voted. He was a Republican who voted to impeach Trump. He was one of the he's 10. got. He was one of he's the got 10. a statement out, essentially talking about how it's a decision he doesn't take lightly. But as a former federal prosecutor, he approached the question by reviewing the facts at hand. I mean, he's got a decent presser out there about it. Uh, but but I do have to give him some props, right? One of only 10 Republicans who essentially broke away to vote to impeach Trump. So I think that cannibalism is already starting now. I'm not even sure they're going to make it that four years, Chad, except for in regions of the Deep South and the uh, crazy West. I'm talking about like Idaho, Wyoming, those type of areas. Let me get a last word right here and I'll let you guys both go. And this is seriously my last word. I just want to hear what you guys think of this. This is kind of a It's not. Word. We've got one more item. Make it good. Make it good. Okay. Oh, we got one more. No, 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 we can keep going. Fuck it. So but this is last word on this topic. Support. Go ahead. Sure. This is kind of, but you guys still get a response. This is kind of in support of what you guys just said. There's a lot of people, the Mitch McConnells of the world, who are frustrated with oh. this, right? Well, I know. Nobody likes him. I get it. But just hear me out. All right. That was an involuntary reflex. <laughs> he has magic <laughs> underwear. Which is great. <laughs> That's Mitt oh, Romney. So Go ahead. Let's, oh, I'm sorry. Well, no. I don't even want to say Mitt Romney. I, I want to specifically say Mitch McConnell because he kind of has been more behind Trump for a while. Like Mitt Romney has not been. He's he's kind of sat away from Trump much longer than Mitt, than Mitch McConnell has. So the Mitch McConnells of the world are worried because if they keep the Trump brand, Republicans will lose. Right? Yes. But here's the thing. David Perdue Ugh. ran against John Ossoff in November and beat him by two points. Who was on the ballot above David Perdue? Donald Trump was. Two months later, fucking two months later, Trump's not on the ballot. This is before the insurrection. This is the night before, so don't give me the insurrection. John Ossoff mm -hmm. Defeats David Perdue by two points himself. What's the only difference in my eyes? Push back. Please push back if you want, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Maybe I'm missing something. The difference is Trump's not on that ballot. Trump's not on that ballot. And you lost. So to me, that's that not insignificant number of people who probably came out and just voted because Trump was on the ballot and they don't give a damn about anything else, but they probably voted R the rest of the way. They didn't come out when Trump wasn't. So, yeah, can I offer one tiny one on that one? Go one ahead. name. Go ahead. Stacey Abrams. What, what, what does that have to do with what I just said? Because two she months. She didn't register a whole bunch of people in two months, Doug. That's not how no, but she yeah. was able to help change opinions and minds and be able to get people to. Um, but in know, between yeah, November and January is my pushback. She did do some work. I, I don't think that's she the... Did work, she did do a I'm lot of work. Offering. But I, just offering. That's all. No, that's I hear, fair. I hear your point. I see what you're saying, Cyril. I think it's the stop to steal. 
I think a lot of those same suburbanites who probably would have voted for those same Republican senators saw the path that Trump was going on and flipped. Is that what you're saying? By January? Right. Okay. Because of because of the Stop the Steal movement, because here's the thing. When you see and again, like 62 court cases we're talking about and they still were pushing, oh, we're being cheated. Right. It's a lot of his supporters stuck by his side, but enough said, I see the train wreck that's coming with this type of conversation with this type of denial and i just can't enable him anymore so but i do get what you're saying because trump did bring out a lot of people to vote in 2020 as as opposed to 2016 a lot of people a, a lot of people who otherwise would not be in the republican camp and you're right it was a special election and those people don't vote in special elections they didn't vote ever they gave up on voting a long time ago they came out to vote for trump exactly and when he lost, I feel then like they didn't give a shit anymore. Maybe it's, maybe yeah. it's a little column A, column B, where people flipped because of the stop the steal, which I can get. I think that's part of it, yeah. Sure, sure. Anyways, one more thing, Caleb. Go ahead. Yeah, so let me move into the last uh, greatest but best part, for me at least. I said it wasn't are... hot. Okay, go okay. ahead, Caleb. Is that not our last? Okay, go no. ahead. <laughs> I sent you guys an article in The Atlantic written by Jake Tapper oh, of yeah. CNN. Uh, by the title, Why Americans Fall for Grifters. Uh, and he's got some interesting takes. And I wrote here, I'm going to try and read it. I'll probably talk about it too right after because I'm not sure. the greatest writer while I'm you know, watching the movie and whatnot. But he's got some interesting takes. In the article in The Atlantic, he talks about one of the main critiques from a gentleman, I believe it's a gentleman named Bosley Crowther of the New York Times. And he felt like audiences at the time would not find the Lonesome Roads character believable. Uh, now, in 2021, you could point to any number of talking heads and politicians that would absolutely fit the bill. Jake offers the opinion, Jake Tapper of CNN, offers the opinion that Trump's comments about women and that he could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not be arrested is where the film failed, arguing that Trump has has been caught on a hot mic and nothing happened. Um, and that's what Cyril was talking about earlier, yeah, right? Well, said, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about what Jake was talking about in that article because I, I found that article interesting. I argued... As far as the film itself, the film, although ahead of its time in 1957, actually didn't go far enough. I mean, you look at um, uh, Lonesome Roads, he's looking to get, uh, what was it? He said he was going to be Secretary of like Morale or something like that, I think. Yes, I think that's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I think that's We're talking about this motherfucker in 2019 being the President of the United States. <laughs> Forget a Secretary <laughs> position. I mean, this thing just didn't go far enough. And I think that's what's interesting about the film is that in 1957, that was crazy. And mind you, this is during the time, if I'm not mistaken, of McCarthyism. And I believe that the director was blackballed going forward because of this film. Any thoughts on uh, any of what I just said? (laughs) I know it was a little bit. So what do you mean by you believe he was blackballed? Is there... Was there? I, I read this article. Do I not remember that? Is there? No, no, no. So that's a okay. separate anecdote. It actually got from Matt. Um, so from when I did the podcast on Caleb versus Self, he talked about it to me, and he had mentioned the fact that the director, and this was during the McCarthy era. I should, probably should have done some more research, but essentially at that time, I don't know if you remember, people were blackballed in Hollywood for being communists. Mm-hmm, the yeah. director of this film was blackballed not just for allegedly being a communist, but also the way they portrayed politics and the ability to influence politics in the film. So blackball for telling the truth. Very interesting. What a liberal cuck. 
Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> no, what I, what I what I will say though is uh, a lot of the factors they're pointing to in this film ring true in terms of Donald Trump's election, but it was yeah. intersecting with a whole lot of other factors, which included the breakdown of the trust of in- institutions, uh, the, the propping up of all alternative media, the propping up of alternative reality. I mean, let's not forget that Ronald Reagan won not too long after this film aired. You know. And he was a populist and he was a character and he was charismatic. Um, but it was different for him and it was different for Trump in a very like Reagan social media era type of way. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But we can't forget that Trump got denied very quickly by the American yeah. people. There has not been a president that has lost the House of Representatives, the Senate and the executive so quickly after gaining them all within four years. I don't think a single president has done that. So he's been resoundly rejected. I just don't know where we move after this. Chad, do you so you do admit that situation, context, and background affect how much your power your power can have, whether your your um populist power can have or your marketing power, right? Like or or so I'm trying to tie this back. Um and I'm going to do it. I don't care if I shouldn't. I'm trying to tie this back to do what it. you said about Jordan Peterson saying about, okay, well, put yourself in the Nazis position. When yeah. we talk about that, do we think about the fact that World War One was devastating to the Germans and that made them think a certain type of way? And that's a different time period. Does that context come at all in Jordan Peterson's? Um, yeah, it, it 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 comes into context in how you respond and utilize that power. But to me, the right. the there is so, a, so, a universal ahead. truth that. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Well, there's just a universal truth. Like Hitler responded to that power in a particular way. Donald Trump responded to that power, in a and particular I agree. Way, and I agree. given the cultural context, but I still think that absolute power corrupts absolutely, regardless of, of whatever of the context is. Yes, of course, of course. I agree with that, but I but I would say that just because you brought up that specific point and he used a specific time period and party and country, we do need to understand that like World War One was devastating to Germans. They would wheelbarrow yeah. cash to light fires because it was fucking worthless. Worth. So, yeah. just like you said, Cyril, you need to live in your a little privileged bubble, which you're absolutely right. I don't take offense to that. Didn't of, say it like that, but okay. Well, uh, I don't even take offense to it, dog. Like, I shouldn't have said it like that. It wasn't that aggressive, like, though. <laughs> it wasn't that aggressive. Let me correct the record. You're right. But 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 to that extent, it's like, Cyril, you live in this bubble that you live in and the world that you live in right now. And that, and that, you know, puts together the picture that you're putting together, which is correct. I, I think we also do need to keep in context. And, and that's where I think we totally agree on that, Chad, um, as far as the generalization of it. But I do think we need to keep in context, okay, why were Nazis doing what they were doing, especially ones that weren't necessarily directly murdering or going along? Like their economy, their country was devastated. They were absolutely, their balls were cut off. They were cucked to, on an extent mm-hmm. that many countries have never seen after World War One. So I, I think that that has a lot, that has a lot to do with that. So it is a little bit of a pushback on what you're saying, but it is also an agreement with your generalization, if if you can know yeah. where I'm coming from. So that's no, I get, I get you. Okay. It's it's depending on how that power manifests depends on what the context is. But, exactly. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but the the power is going to corrupt most people. Totally anyway. agree. Totally and agree. I don't think that I escaped that pitfall. Like if if I, I were to put myself in a position where. 
let's say it's uh, the mid, you know, 1500s and it's yeah, I, I'm born to some king in Europe and sure. I grew up being told that like the power is yours. You deserve the power. Nobody yeah, can question you. Everybody loves you. You can do no wrong. I don't see myself as as being like some moral arbiter or, or being to escape the pitfalls of like being told there are no consequences for whatever you do. I, I don't see most people Agreed. escaping those pitfalls. And I, I, I place myself in that same camp. I'm sure. You know, that was my I, only I think, point. I think I think Jordan Peterson's right. I think you're right. I just think I grind at um, the idea that we'd all be we'd all be a Nazi concentration camp person um although like we just said if you were if you grew up in germany and you had that context maybe you would be because that's tragic consequences of world war one and it made you feel a type of way so interesting conversations i guess oh yeah but, world war two but yes no no i meant yeah. i meant world war one affected german mindset to lead to nazism right oh gotcha okay yeah and also if somebody's pointing a gun in your head and saying listen right. take this position of power or you die it's like all right well that's an easy choice well, that's self-preservation like, dog that's self- yes right which is why i said that's a little you know like right. it's real it's an irrelevant example but i think even if you if self-preservation isn't one. part well, of let me yeah, let me let me add one more anecdote into this before we wrap it up and that is last night there was a film on Cyril knows it very well because of some of the people that he served with. It's a film called Fury. Actually, I don't think you served with those people. But either way, there's a moment in the film where the new kid on the tank crew, uh, they go into a a brief, you know, skirmish and battle with some Germans. There's a German guy, uh, Top, who is played by, I think, Brad Pitt, comes out and tells him to come out of the tank. And he literally puts a gun, a pistol in his hand and Brad Pitt has his hand around this kid's hand and literally forces him physically to shoot this weapon and kill this German, Um, that kind of takes it to another level because I think, and this is what I'm talking about when I was talking about my own personal services, that when you go through things like that or when you do, Cyril, you remember some of the cadences when you go on runs, right? Yeah. Down by the river. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> when you're doing those cadences and you're you're being forced to be able to, or being forced to say these words over and over again, or in that in that case in the film, you're literally being forced physically to pull the trigger to kill someone. You can be desensitized over a certain amount of time. Some people it's shorter, some people it's longer, but you can be desensitized to those type of situations, which put you at this weird moral crossroad where yeah. since you've done it once already, what's another one? Yeah. Sure. I, yeah, I, which is why I've come. Yeah, I've definitely come to um, understand what what Chad's viewpoint was, um, for sure. Well, I'm just saying, if anybody's, even if you're to like somehow, you know, take somebody out of a situation, you say, well, here you are. This is, you know, you as an adult. This is the moral landscape that you subscribe to. That's you could have absolute point. power, or you could just be a regular person. People are going to make an obvious choice there. I think, and then I think that there are consequences that follow that. I, I don't think any human can escape the fact that, like, if you are given the opportunity to be loved by any, by everyone, and to not be hated for anything you did, but then you're you're gonna be a piece of shit. But it, but again, and we can end this soon, and we should. But again, Chad, you're right. But yeah. I I fee- I put a lot more stock into what was the context before that happened. You're absolutely right, Chad. 
But what if somehow you grew up in rainbows and puppies society? Like, I know that's never existed. I don't even know what that means. Like a great place, I don't know what I mean. Yeah. Right. So the so Netherlands. If, if you, okay, let's not be stupid. But if, you, <laughs> <laughs> but if you grow up in a utopia, let's call it, and then you get all the power, for sure, you're probably not going to be corrupted and using it because the context matters. Just like that World War One consequences for Germany context, that shit matters. And then you follow down to I have total power. What would I do? That I'm going that goes back. Hold on, that goes back to the argument: Is are humans innately evil or no. not? No, no, no. no. They're no. susceptible, though. Correct. And what I'm going to Correct. do is I'm going to take what Cyril just said. I'm going to clip that out. And when he does become a politician, do some corrupt <laughs> shit. I'm going to throw it. it in his face. I'm going to throw it in his <laughs> face. What's bad about that? Real quick, before we end. No, no nothing. Yeah. You're just you're just you're saying that you would rise above. And I'm saying no, I'm when, you become, no, no, I'm when you become a politician, when you become a politician, do some corrupt shit. I'm going to throw it in your face. That's all so, I'm saying. So, so uh, l- let me be clear about the journey we just had on this this podcast, which was a weird, sure. by the way. I think that before I thought about everything that you were trying to say, maybe I would have lightly said that. But I, I don't I don't agree. I've never said that. Like, I'm not saying it's all about the context. You have to look at my life and where I've come from, Chad then you would understand where I would go with the power. That's what you do with everybody. Again, World War I totally devastated Germany. They were cucked. Their balls were cut off. From that context arises what makes sense. Just like a utopia, from that context arises what... When did I say that I would be... Come on, Chad. I'm, I'm a little offended you said that, Doug. Come on now. I did not... Uh, you know, I take my context and my experiences and what I've been through and then map out what would happen. I totally agree with that. But you can't just put words in my mouth of I would be a good person. False. I never said that, bro. I can't wait to splice together this political attack so, ad against so, so what you're saying is you're going to fucking take it out of context. No problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so I'm just that. assuming chasing power. I, I can't help it if I'm being immoral about the words you say. No, I'm talking about me. That I'm talking about me, said. Doug. Oh, all right. That yeah. being said, thank you <laughs> so much for listening this to the Three Bros Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it if you've made it all the way to the end. Hopefully, you will start listening to our next episode. In the meantime, whatever. Be a good person. Don't listen. Hey, listen. Okay. Don't let power corrupt you because Cyril is convinced he won't Come do it to you. That's a control. <laughs> End it. <laughs>